What's up everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 149 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell doing something a little bit differently today. We're coming at you at just after lunchtime on a Friday. So I don't have the bags in front of my eyes. I'm not concerned about trying to put the kids to bed because it's my day off today and the kids are at kindy. Thank God for that. Start of That's the morning. What I was like. Yeah, yeah, you were late for once, which is uh, nice for a change. Yeah, uh, yeah. Started off the morning with a beautiful run down the the beachfront at Paradise Point. Um, yeah, it's, I've had a I've had a good start to the day. What about you, Al? I went to the gym this morning. So Friday, I try to do as little work as as possible. Yep. And so I go to the, go to the gym, but then I had a couple of like cars to pick up and drop off and pick up and drop off that was that I wasn't sort of. Uh, planning on mm-hmm. but um i want to start like the gym is relevant because i just got a dexa scan done and i didn't realize like we've spoken about dexas on here before and yep. if people don't know it's a body composition mm-hmm. so how much lean uh, muscle you've got how much fat you're holding what your bone density is like uh what it's like um and the last one i had done was in december of 22 where I was 24% body fat. Mm -hmm. Now, over that time, I have counted calories. Yep. And actually, sorry, two months prior to the last one. So I did did calorie counting for eight months, but two months prior to the December DEXA, I had done calorie counting, but, and I was still working out, but I didn't get a great result. I dropped as much sort of lean mass as I did fat mass. Therefore, my body fat percentage didn't change. Yeah. So my, on my trainer's uh, request, I just optimized my protein. So yeah. calorie count first. So I was setting myself a 2,000 calorie per day limit. Yep. And and trying to consume 140, over just over 140 grams of protein every day. Mm-hmm. And since doing that for uh, uh, up until probably a month ago, I stopped strict counting, stopped counting. I got my Texas scan done and I'm down to 21% body fat. So <laughs> a 3%, a 3% move. I lost In three kilos months. of, yeah, lost three kilos of fat yep. and gained just under a kilo of lean mass. Unreal, man. Awesome. And also my, uh, my bone density went up because uh, it's been a problem yeah. of mine uh, because I, I don't have a lot of dairy. And plus I realized that one of the dairy replacements that I've been having had no calcium in it. So I thought it was, and I read on it one day. I reckon they changed the recipe. I'm sure I checked before, and then I reckon the new recipe that came out is just garbage. Could be in some sort so, of like shrinkflation type thing where they've removed I an think expensive so. ingredient. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. And um, and further onto that, the other benefit I think I had this month because during the calorie count, I was definitely weaker. It was yeah. harder to put the big numbers up on the board at the gym. Yep. And it's a little bit disheartening because you're like, oh, you know, you, like your body size is getting smaller, which is good. But I don't, I don't know if it's a guy thing, but, you know, when, when you lift something heavy, you want to lift, you keep on wanting to go up, like mm-hmm. you keep wanting to progress, but you, I just didn't have it in me. And this month, because I haven't, uh, I haven't been calorie counting, I felt really, really strong. Yeah. And I, my one, today was bench day. Yeah. Well, sorry, put it put it this way. We're, we're coming up to our testing where we try to do a one rep max at, at, at te- I think it's at the end of this month. Yep. 
and basically the whole training block leads up to that one moment so that you can write that number down so you've got a benchmark for yourself to know whether you're getting fitter or not i deadlifted my um my one rep max in this block so what usually when i do one i was able to do two cool right, at, at 160 kilos so yep. i should be able to go up from there mm-hmm. and um my bench press one rep max was 115 last time i te- uh, uh, tested but i just i just did 120 today and easily like i reckon yeah, i could wow. i could have repped out 120 and i think it just it's just about having those extra calories in me so what i think oh, I'm for do, sure that'd make a huge difference once i finish once i finish the test i'll go back to counting and um when at the start of the new block where the where the reps are high and the weight is low mm-hmm. it won't hit me as much yeah yeah fair enough well hey congratulations man those are awesome results uh yeah. like you that's the holy grail of uh getting fit and healthy is to lose body fat and increase lean mass as well as increasing performance along the way your your bench press is ridiculous the fact that you can bench press 120 but you haven't surpassed 116 your deadlift yet is so strange <laughs> yeah. um, well i'm having knee issues i'm having knee issues yeah, so okay. i've been doing rehab on the, on the knees i don't i don't feel the knee issue on deadlifts but squats like i actually don't think i'm gonna test for squats yeah because i have yeah my knees aren't right so i'm doing a bit of rehab on on these and i've never had knee problems before so yeah yeah you gotta be so careful man take it from someone yeah, who's lost, lost his acl before uh don't stuff your knees up <laughs> keep yeah. them as healthy as you yeah. possibly can um that's unreal man absolutely unreal well done yeah, stoked yeah yeah um Speaking of stoked, I just want to give a shout out to the 540 viewers that we got on last week's episode. Hey, yeah. uh, absolutely yeah. unreal. Uh, yeah, and we got a couple of extra subscribers out of it. So for a few of you, if you have come back again this week, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. Leave us a comment below. Tell us what you like about the channel. Um, absolutely unreal for us to go from sort of averaging somewhere between like 50 and 70 views a week to... We ended up on 243-odd last week, and yeah, well, sorry, not last week, the week before that, and then 540-odd for this week, so absolutely Which is half what, it's half what ABC Radio (laughs) gets at the moment. Yeah, that's that's, uh, in the news at the moment, Um, yeah. The government can sponsor us if they like. Yeah, we'll take what some of the $1.1 billion worth of funding the government gives the ABC. We'll just take the point one. Just give us the point one. We can yeah, handle point that. one. We'll be happy with the point one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we do have plenty to talk about today. Like, there's, there's been so much stuff going on lately, as usual. There's a lot of noise out in the new space. Lots of noise. Uh, for us, just going to throw it out there at the beginning, the UFO stuff that you're hearing coming out of the United States at the moment, forget about it. It is all just a distraction. There is so much bullshit happening in the US at the moment, and they want you guys talking about UFOs. Forget all the UFO stories. Do you know how I can? Do you know why I agree with you? Yes, I'm a UFO guy. Like uh-huh. I want it. I like. I love the UFO stuff. Yeah, I can't watch it. Yeah, like, it's, I'm, I feel exactly what you do. I'm like, no, no, no. This is this is not what it what it like. And just it's a waste of time. It's a waste of effort. I saw a headline that said something along the lines of um, the U.S. government... Oh, the UFO stories coming out of the U.S. government show that they approve of conspiracy theories about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 
But um, look, there's there's some a lot of other things going on. Uh, we there's been another resignation of the COVID commanders today. Uh, and we only spoke about this last week, right? We said last week, or we've said it prior, but there was another one last week that yeah, everyone so Mark, Mark McGowan that, went last week. Yeah, everyone that told us to get vaccinated is resigning. Yep, yep. Funnily and you enough, said, didn't you? You said something about Brett Sutton. You were like, oh, he won't because he's Dan's boy. And then, lo and behold. Here he is, which makes me think oh, that the Dan no, Andrews. I, I, I never thought that. I never thought that Brett Sutton wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have left. If anyone wants to go back and check the tape, uh, go to the video ref. But no, Brett Brett Sutton's he's not really Dan's boy at all. You don't he's, think? He's just a useful idiot. Do you remember? So obviously that's oh, the news. That's nah. the news story, guys. Like uh, Brett Sutton has resigned as of today. Yeah, I'll I'll put up the. Uh... But as with all of these... uh, Oh, here you go. So a tweet from Dan Andrews about it. For more than a decade, Professor Sutton has served our state and guided us through some of the most difficult times. As CHO, Brett helped to keep us informed and above all, safe. Thank you for your service and all the very best for your next role. So what he's referring to is that uh, he has failed upwards as all of these people seem to be doing because he's gone to become the, the director of biosecurity at the CSIRO. So just another example of someone who literally failed in their role and is now getting a bigger, more important role because the CSIRO is a national body, not a state body. And he was also a, um, a big hardliner on the whole vaccine thing, mandates and lockdowns. So it's not, it's not a good thing, especially when there's all this talk about like people re-engineering the next pandemic. There's so much mm. talk about the next pandemic. Like there's this assumption that there's going to be another pandemic Yeah, that the research lab that, you know, might, it would be the ones that would help you do that stuff. This guy's going to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a real coincidence. Right, remember yeah. when they were telling us during the pandemic that this is a once in a 100 year pandemic a once in 100 year pandemic so wouldn't you think that the next pandemic is going to be another 100 years away but you're right all they keep talking about is oh the next one's coming the next one's coming almost as if they're cooking it up in a lab themselves well we know they are we know that they're doing it there was that lab in Detroit was it Detroit that realised that they could splice the Omicron like the give the virality of Omicron with the uh, with the uh, deadliness of mm. the Alpha strain, yeah. Alpha strain, and they'll they'll uh, excited about it. They're like, hey, look what we've done! That yeah. calls this. I'm like, you guys are nuts. Stop doing it. Actually, that reminded me. There was a point I forgot to make last week during the show when we showed the clips of Senator Alex Antic questioning Brendan Murphy, and so remember that clip where Brendan Murphy wanted to like relitigate the COVID vaccines and say that early on they stopped transmission, but then we had variants and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the point that I forgot to make was he was saying that the, uh, the latest bivalent wasn't as, uh, good at stopping transmission as the first vaccine was for the alpha variant. Uh, there has I... not, there has not been any other, strains since omicron like there's yeah. been sub variants uh, of omicron yeah, sub variants yeah. but not not full new strains so wouldn't you think that the bivalent that was designed to protect you from omicron and the alpha strain 
would be better at stopping transmission on Omicron. You're an idiot, mate. Why would you think that? Yeah, I know. I should stop thinking so rationally, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. That's nuts. The other thing about Brett Sutton, too, uh, remember when during the early days of the pandy and probably more so the early days of the vaccine rollout when the media kind of put him up as like a bit of a sex symbol? Yeah, shirt off getting his vaccine tats yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that that is just another example, guys, of a warning for you. If the media starts turning someone into a darling who's directly involved in something new, whether it's a pandemic or a war, like Volodymyr Zelensky, for example, whenever they start putting some darling up above everyone else, I would think twice about, number one, what that person says, and number two, what the media is saying about that person. Because he was literally, like, they, they literally tried to put him out there like some sort of sex symbol to, I don't know, were you trying to get the, like, 50-plus-year-old women to be like, oh, he's cute, I'll go and get vaccinated too. Like, I don't, you know, they were literally trying to make him more personable. Uh, so yeah, more people they were saying would... he was drop-dead gorgeous. <laughs> he's got a big heart he... too. Yeah, and yeah, he just yeah, wants yeah. to share his big heart with all stopper. of you. Yeah. yeah, get jabbed, heart stopper. Yeah. Speaking of media darlings, yeah. uh, early days in this story at the moment, but I'm sure by now most of you would have heard the name Brittany Higgins back in the news. So, as a bit of a rehash, just in case there's anyone uh, from overseas who's watching the show, Brittany Higgins uh, was a former liberal staffer working in Parliament House. And there was a a bit of a scandal back in the day. Like, this is, what, two, three years ago now? Is it 2021 or 2020? Must have been 21, right? Anyway, there was an accusation of uh, rape leveled at a co-worker after a night out in the offices at Parliament House. And since then, that accusation has been tried in court the court case itself actually ended up getting thrown out uh, because a juror brought in outside information, which is against the rules. Brittany Higgins then chose not to relitigate the case again, citing mental health. Uh, at the time, I can't remember if we spoke about it on the show, but I remember mentioning at the time that the case itself wasn't looking good for her. Like there was a there was a few inconsistencies that were starting to come out, and the, the biggest one was was the dress. Uh, early on, when when she was you know in all the media and everything like that, and uh, one of the statements that she made during her court case was that she she kept the dress and it was un, like it was under her bed or something like that, and she just couldn't bear to look at it, so she never never washed it and didn't look at it again for like six months or something. Like I can't remember what the exact time frame was. But then it turned out that one of the uh, things that uh, Bruce Lehman's defense lawyers presented during the case was a photo of her wearing the same dress to a dinner party six weeks later. So, like that, that was one of the you know a pretty key inconsistency that was starting to come through. So, anyway, so the case was never resolved, which is I think we did say at the time was the worst case scenario Absolutely. for literally not only Brittany. Or Bruce, but literally the Australian public. It was the worst case scenario because, on the one hand, if she was legitimately sexually assaulted, 
then she should get justice and she's been robbed of yeah, that. Yeah, and he should chew corn in jail. That's right. Absolutely. Now, if he was wrongfully accused, he should have his name exonerated, but forever he will be known as, like, accused rapist Bruce Learman. So yeah. he's he's never been able to exonerate his name. And the Australian public, like... So this was one of those things where all of a sudden, Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame became the faces of like the the sort of women's movements around those times and again worst case scenario for real legitimate rape victims if this does prove to be some sort of false accusation because like that's why a lot of victims don't speak out because people don't believe them and now you've got like the highest profile case in recent history and it may or may not have been legit it's you know, it, it just makes it so much harder for real people. celebrities victims. like Lisa Wilkinson putting you up on a pedestal and giving, like, her, your, uh, her platform uh, yeah. to spread that message. And yeah. that was all... Yeah, it's, it is it is the worst-case scenario. But there is, like, a deeper point... Uh, sorry, another element to this case which came out today. Yeah, so... Well, it came out this week. Um, the biggest point of contention shortly after the case was thrown out was that Brittany Higgins was awarded $3 million in compensation from the government. And there was no, like, I, I'm pretty sure the normal um, rules for these sorts of things is these need to go through parliament themselves and be voted on and approved. Right. But it was approved within like 24 hours. And there was not none of the normal parliamentary process or anything like that. So now this week, all of a sudden... There's a lot of noise starting to come out about the goings-on behind the scenes of this story. And I don't know if you've got the clip there. So from um, uh, Rukshan Fernando, real Rukshan, one of the best uh, independent journalists going since the pandemic. So he put a tweet up and it says, It appears um, Albo truly believes he will just be able to skirt by without consequences for his ministers misleading the Australian people. He thinks there is some special privilege for Labour MPs to be deceptive and not have to answer serious questions for wrongdoing in Parliament. I think he is in for a rude awakening. If not on this issue, it will indeed haunt him for his entire term as the Labour leader. And this is in response to one of his original tweets because a whole bunch of text messages have uh, emerged which essentially indicate that some of these senior Labour ministers were aware of the Brittany Higgins story prior to her even going to the police and a it what it does appear that Britney herself was involved in using this story to negatively influence Scott Morrison and his re-election campaign because you got to remember this all happened uh during the election campaign so in the lead up to the election and so in this so in this tweet it says either Katie Gallagher misled Parliament or she didn't. The standard you are setting by claiming she has nothing to answer for means you will forever be called out for condoning this type of deception against the Australian people. So Katie Gallagher is a Labor minister who, once Labor the Labor government took uh, took government, she was actually made the finance minister, and she was the one who directly approved the three million dollar payment to Brittany Higgins. So to, to in other words, to take a step back. The accusation appears to be that whether Brittany Higgins' experience was true or not, that the Labor ministers conspired with her to use that situation against Scott Morrison during the election, 
And then that $3 million was paid to Brittany Higgins as like a thanks for helping us win office type scenario. So there's a clip here that um, that is posted, which I'll get you to play. So this is Linda Reynolds, uh, who was, it was Brittany Higgins' boss. It was her office that the alleged uh, uh, sexual assault occurred in. And this clip has come out from June 2021. And it's basically her being asked questions in regard to it by both Katie Gallagher and Penny Wong. Now, for video uh, viewers, pay special attention to the body language of Penny Wong and of Katie Gallagher. Okay? Can you can you full screen that, Alex? And just the, uh, the audio is not coming through, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, the audio's not is that coming audio through. Nah, can you hear it from your end? Yeah, I can hear it fine. Hold on. Yeah, okay. I'll, he'll try to find the clip. Anyway, essentially what the clip is showing is uh, Linda Reynolds is being questioned in Parliament, direct questions answered, because part of these text messages that came out... Are we trying again? Still not coming through. Well, I can't use it then, because yeah. I can't change it. How can you tell this is a live show? Uh, <laughs> so... Essentially, what they're questioning her about is that they are trying to bring it up. So part of the text uh, text messages that have been released have been showing that they were deliberately trying to feed Brittany Higgins' story to ministers like Katie Gallagher, who would be asking questions about it in Parliament, which would then be public for everyone to see. And Linda Reynolds essentially says in that questioning that she... I'm now going to go. go. Here we go. That's working now. To return to his questioning. No, 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 uh, with the story in my office two weeks before. Oh, I had no knowledge of this. Until. No one had any knowledge. Okay. I had no we knowledge. Were one of your... How dare you? Order. Now we will Talk move. About we will either... yourself. We may suspend if we. No one had any knowledge. Okay. I had no knowledge. We were one of your... How dare you? Order. Now we will Talk move. About we will either... yourself. We may suspend. So it's now just audio clips stop, right? Yeah. yeah, no, it's not really great at all because it, they're showing the text messages that were exchanged behind the scenes which have now been been leaked uh, via Freedom of Information Act. So, look, we don't know full well what's happened. We don't. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And unfortunately, this stinks. This just stinks. For audio, audio uh, listeners, what Jason was referring to, as soon as the senators were kind of pinned instantly crossed their arms yeah. and attacked. Yes. You know, usually, like body language, usually that means like, uh-oh, <laughs> like you're hiding something. Mm-hmm. You're, trying to, you're, trying to, you're trying to keep it in. Yep. And they both did it. And what was interesting too was when Penny Wong did her, I had no knowledge, but then Katie Gallagher, in a, like within a s- split second goes, no one had any knowledge. Like yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah, butt yeah. in, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, that's also not a response. That's also not a valid response. It's that's like, right. How how do you know that nobody had any knowledge, Katie Gallagher? How do yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right? You Why know are you commenting? You know. That's right. So, yeah. look, it, it stinks. And my hope is that 
there will be some form of investigation. And mate, you know what? This is the sort of stuff that you need the mainstream media to actually come to the party and do something about. They've got all the contacts. Uh, there's all the incentive in the world because this is a big scandal. This is a big story. This is something that's going to get you ratings. Like, go after this stuff. Find out what's uh, going on. I would on. argue that uh, Britney's mental illness or mental issues came from the media dramas, like dramatization of this whole thing. So they have yep. lots to speak, uh, speak to about this. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, uh, I want to get to the bottom of the whole situation because if it is what it looks like, they paid this girl $3 million to help win an election. <laughs> like, you know, we, we keep, we always and talk about two people's lives and ruin two people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that like Bruce, look, he may or may not have done it. I don't know. But in our legal system, it's innocent till proven guilty. A lot of people think he's guilty because that mud has stuck to him and will stick to his name forever because everyone's just a headline reader now. And we pay, our government paid $3 million of our tax dollars to a girl who could not prove her claims in court and refused and to actually Brittany, go Brittany's again. Brittany's life is ruined as well. She's, she won't, she won't, like, this is only bad for her too. Yeah. And like, so, no, one, no one wins except what, what we're sort of claiming is that maybe a government got in that. Yeah. Or at least yeah. something. Exactly right. Anyway, let's, let's move on from that. Let's, we'll stay tuned on it. Uh, we'll keep an eye on what's going on. Um, speaking of other stories I'm keeping an eye on, I have been trying to get updates on the vaccine injury class action. Uh, there are no updates at this stage, but I'm just letting you know that I'm keeping an eye on it. Next news story. In a sporting world, and I've got my, uh, my Broncos singlet behind here now. It's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a prop. Live Golf merges with yeah. the PGA Tour. Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on this, Alex? I, okay, so I loved, when Live Golf came out, I loved it. I loved it because all these real golfers, so I like golf, but I hate golfers. Yeah. So they have all this uh, pomp about, you know, about the sport. Anyway, when it, when the Saudis took over, they've changed the format. They got all these key marks players marquee players marquee players marquee players they got uh they gave them a roster that is actually manageable unlike the pga one yep and they threw billions of dollars at it Mm -hmm. so i was having arguments funny arguments with people particularly the gym my gym's got a lot of golfers in that they were all like, oh, no, the PGA, it's here to stay. It's the prestige. Like, no one's interested in playing golf just for money. And I said, I said, okay, well, look at it this way then. You have a rival product that has cool players, mm-hmm. is more... I said, I'm an, I don't watch golf. I watch golf clips. I yep. said, I've seen more live golf clips, awesome ones, this week than I've seen in my whole life of the yep. PGA. I said, people are having a great time. The players love it. Mm-hmm. And they're also making 100, 200, or I think Tiger was offered $800 million to go across and he didn't do it. So I said, one's going to win and it ain't going to be the PGA. Mm-hmm. 
it was as clear as day to me because if the only thing that you have, the only thing the PGA had was prestige. Yeah. Well, prestige ain't shit if no one's watching or playing your sport. That's right. So it was so funny when this happened. I just, I just had to laugh. I was like, of course. Now, can I pull up the... Is, is it too long to see Dave Portnoy's view on it? Which I think was... Um, no, it, that's probably, probably a bit of a long there. clip. Um, what I was going to say was this... When Live Golf first happened and... In the early days, there was the first few players that had left the PGA Tour to sign with Live Golf, and all of a sudden, uh, the PGA was was threatened, and they were starting to get a little bit scared about the prospect of losing all of their biggest stars. So, they did the same sort of emotional blackmail that we've experienced through from the pandemic, from climate change, from the Ukraine war. PGA Tour played the emotional game. And the enemy out of all of this was Saudi money. So what the narrative became out of the PGA was the Saudis are evil and anyone who accepts Saudi money is a piece of shit. And like, and I, I, I think in that clip that you've got from Portnoy, the guy literally brings up God. stuff to do with, uh, like the head of the PGA literally brings up stuff to do with September 11 and was like... Oh, it was- it was everywhere. They yeah. they got a panel of nine eleven survivors of the, or where their families died. They put them in a panel and said, "Like you'll never have to apologise for playing for the PGA." Yeah, that, that's right. That was the quote. Yeah. So that is the lowest blow ever. Yeah. Now there was a there was a even funnier element to all of this, which is who actually paid for the PGA. Right. Do you know who paid? Saudis. Yeah, kind of. Who, How did the Saudis make their money? Oh, uh, from oil. Yeah, so when you filled your tank the day after the deal was done where the barrel went up, <laughs> they probably made them, you paid for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They pumped the price of oil on the day that it, ha- that it happened. So yeah. every single person that filled their tank that day effectively paid for live to buy the PGA. That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> and, and so, so anyway, so that's like where we're at now. So Trump, so it's like this. Trump go, remember when Trump said, I'm going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it? Yep. Well, Live Golf's going to build a build a competitor to the yep. PGA and America's going to pay for it. Yeah. I thought about literally that sentiment, but from Joe Biden. Joe Biden has kind of done something similar where Joe Biden will end up completely refreshing the American military stockpile of weapons and getting Ukraine to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scudding your old F-16s. Yeah, you scud everything everything old that's over there. You just give them all that equipment. And then you go to Raytheon and you say, hey, we need to get all the brand new stuff because we need to replenish the supplies. So Raytheon gets their clip there. And then everyone, like we've spoken about before, everyone talks about how much money America is giving to Ukraine, it's not giving; mm. it's indebting Ukraine to America, which they will then attempt to pay back over however many decades. Uh, well, with... not even to America, to American private companies. Yeah, but yeah, so essentially, America will get all brand new equipment, and Ukraine's paying for it. Yeah, mm. and the companies profit from it. Yeah, mm. yep, your Raytheons, your Lockheed Martins, and all that. So, yeah, public. Is... Pub- uh, make the what is it? 
make the costs public, make the profits private. Yeah. Yep. Socialize the costs, privatize the profits. That's it. Bingo. Mm. Bingo. And did you see too, uh, this one had been a week or two ago, where America was able to send another, they found another $3 billion that they could send like yeah, of weapons yeah, yeah. to Ukraine. And the reason why they were able to do that was because they just revalued some of the weapons they had already sent and they valued them at uh, their current worth, not their replacement value. So that decreased the value of that, which meant that there was then another $3 billion worth of weapons they could send within that budget. Sorry, just going back to the live thing. Yep. Trump said this. So the, the real losers out of this, uh, out of this um, deal are the PGA players that didn't go across, didn't take these lucrative contracts from Live. Yeah. Now, Trump said this over a year... Oh, no, it was a year almost to the day, right? What, what he, was he the put date? This on, Say the day at the bottom. Uh, oh, 18th of July. Cool. 18th of July. Okay. He said, all of those golfers that remain, in quotes, loyal to a very disloyal PGA in all of its current forms will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes. And you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merge takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all and congratulations to a really, really talented Cam Smith on his incredible win. Yep. He nailed it. He nailed every aspect of it. Um, absolutely 100% correct. And the most disgusting thing about it, which uh, I only heard today, is PGA has matched the pay for some of their uh, Hallmark players. Mm-hmm. Did I get that Mark thing wrong again? Yeah, you did. It's Marquee. It? Marquee. Marquee. Marquee is like a good one, right? I think the first time you said Key Mark... Key mark, isn't that was a thing. It, a key mark is what's left in your door after your miso finds out that you cheated on her. That's right, a key mark. Right. And then That's you said mark. hallmark, which is hallmark, the company like that card. sells the cards that you buy with the flowers to give to her <laughs> to try to make up for it. <laughs> so what's the what is it? Marquee. Marquee. So marquee players who didn't. Oh yeah. So so. The PGA had said, "Hey, we can't pay you what Liv's paying. That's crazy." Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the golfers that went, I can't remember who it was, had said, "Like there was some shit deal. He won he won something in PGA, and he wanted to get the footage of him on the last round because it was his wild last round, and the PGA wanted to license it back to him for one million dollars. Wow! It was him, a video of him. So he's like, "Fuck you, I'm out." Yeah. And he went and joined Liv and was bagging him. And PGA was like, hey, we just don't have the money to to play like that. Well, as soon as these guys got offered the big pickies, they went, oh, yeah, no, we had this other bank account that's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that's of right. dollars. We could absolutely do it. We could match it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the PGA, it's what disloyal PGA, there are guys, there, if you don't make like the top 20, you don't get paid. That's right. So these people didn't get paid. I, I remember hearing a story about a young guy that started in, with Liv, and he made 130 grand or something in his first his first round, and he hadn't made a hundred thousand dollars his entire career up until yeah, that. Yeah, because they were paying that just to show up, like that wasn't yeah. even prize money. 
And I yeah, think yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. Cameron Smith get paid like a hundred million dollars signing bonus, and then it's, he yes, won his first dollars. tournament and got paid three million dollars for winning his first tournament, like just cleaned up. And then a year later, and now he's back on the PGA again, but he's just been paid. Like, yes, yeah, so well everyone done. missed out because. And the one that I think will be interesting is uh, what's his name, the Scottish player, Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy was a massive like gas bagging douchebag about this whole thing, right? Yep. He was like, "No, how dare you!" Like, blah, blah, blah. now he's either going to have to play out of his skin to prove or how good he is. He's going to have to quit. Yeah, or shut the fuck up. Yeah, like you can't come out and go, oh, you know, these people taking Saudi money, they're evil, blah, 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 blah. Oh, what, now we're taking Saudi money too? Oh, oh it's all good now. It's all good. Yeah, Just because right? I didn't move means it's okay. Now, see, I have a solution to PGA that wasn't merged with Live. I reckon what I would have done or what the right thing would you, would have been if you believe that Saudis are all terrorists, which is what the PGA said at the start, <laughs> is okay, we need to change as well. So what the PGA is going to be uh, now be is like the Olympics. So only the best of 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 the best yep. play once every four years in these uh, awesome courses and you don't get paid. But if you want the top PGA prize, you, you, ha- you have to perform. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, no wild card entries. It's only the top, 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 top. We'll, we'll get you from Liv. We'll get you from wherever. But yeah, they could have the done that day, if they believed in their, uh, if they actually had any morals. But they don't. They just they that's right. It was just it was just abusing people's emotions to try to uh, maintain their status as the premier league in the world. It was disgusting. It's disgusting yeah. what they did. Absolutely. And uh, guys, how many times do we say it? it's the same playbook over and over again? get you all emotionally hopped up on some issue that if you disagree with it, you're seen as a bad person so they can make money out of you. Like, it's the same play over and over and over again. Um, Two more things to get to, and I've got a a story for you without notice, which I've just remembered, which is probably really the biggest story that we should have been talking about. Right. uh, Which is about Instagram, if that rings a bell for you. Doesn't. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, I'll uh, I'll enlighten you on that one. But before I do, guys, stick around. I guarantee that you want to hear this one. Uh, I've got the Broncos singlet in behind me because obviously it's uh, we're getting closer to the teams being named for State of Origin two. I gave my brief Origin uh, rap from the last one, and I just want to say that I definitely think if you're a New South Wales supporter, this game is one hundred percent worth watching. Because the stage has been set for Nico Hines to etch his name into origin folklore. Now, this is what I mean. So, New South Wales lost the first game when they really shouldn't have. The second game is in Queensland, which uh, New South Wales, I think, has won something like four games out of the last 15 in Queensland. So, they're already up against it. Then, on top of that... Uh, last weekend Nathan Cleary the best halfback in the game plays for New South Wales tore his hamstring so he's gone for the series Uh, last night Appy Corusau uh, New South Wales hooker broke his jaw he's gone for the series one of their best uh, second rowers Cameron Murray he's in doubt for the next game Uh, Latrell Mitchell is who's probably the biggest strike player uh, in the sport at the moment he's in doubt for the next game 
Tom Trebrojevic, who is the other big strike player, he's he's going to play, but he's clearly still not right. Like, he's probably at 65% or something like that. So he's not going to have the impact that he's going to have. The guys that they were talking about potentially bringing in to replace Cleary, uh, they are looking at maybe doing like a Rabbitohs connection. They are talking about maybe bringing in Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker. Well, Cody Walker's just been ruled out of the Rabbitohs game this weekend because he's just tweaked himself and he's in doubt, even if they tried to select him. Mm. So New South Wales players completely dropping like flies and the New South Wales journos are like freaking out. And the funniest thing was, like I said last week, the story leading into it was, oh, so much for Queensland loyalty. And the story now is like, we need a wholesale change of our team. Because we're <laughs> but, you can't have both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is what State of Origin's all about. And I was way more confident on Queensland wrapping the series up just after the game was over than I am now with all of these key players being injured. Because that. So do you think that New South Wales is going to have a little bit of ball? A cattle dog? You're going to bring some cattle dog. I think they are full on backs against the wall. Uh, and. The, the most dangerous thing in any state of origin is to say that a team can't win. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Queensland are the underdogs every year. I don't know how we do it. Our, our, our media does a really, really good job at somehow painting us as the underdogs every single year. We will go into this game as raging hot favourites. Raging hot favourites. And that's not where we want to be. <laughs> like, we're not comfortable as the favourites. Nico Hines is he's the Dalian player of the year last year. He is the current best player in the game. The stage is set for him to have an absolute carve up moment, and I, it scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. So, cool. I uh, I definitely think it's uh, it's going to be a game worth watching for sure. What are the odds? Uh, oh, the odds won't be out yet. Um, no, there, there's always odds out, mate. Sports bet will always take your money. <laughs> Uh, what have we got upcoming? Because I find financial markets, like betting markets, we have found are the most accurate gauge of of course of life. Yeah. yeah. So Queensland uh, to win the game is paying a dollar sixty. New South Wales two dollars thirty five. So Queensland are pretty tight favourites. Um, let's say Origin series. So to win the series, Queensland's paying a dollar thirty. So even shorter. Yeah, sure. And correct score. See Queensland to win the series three 0 Oh, I don't need. I don't need to know what like the multis are. <laughs> that's not. That's not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> now I was just going to say for Queensland to win three 0 which is a whitewash, uh, is only paying three dollars ten. So and first try score is and the first <laughs> song played that will be this and the uh, crowd occupancy number will be this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's in it's in Queensland, so the crowd occupancy number will be a sellout. It'll be fifty five thousand or however many people they can fit in there. But yeah, anyway, I think I think the stage is set, and it'll be really really interesting if uh, they do come up here and win the game, because then next year when Cleary's fit again, there might be a bit more of a conversation about whether Cleary really has his uh, name on that number seven jersey anymore. But moving on. The most important story that we've completely forgotten about, and maybe you don't even know about, is Instagram has been caught out this week as being an absolute hotbed and using their algorithm to facilitate pedophilia. You sent it to me and I was so busy, I have not looked at it. So I do not know this story. See if you can look it up. It's a Wall Street Journal article. 
I'd rather not. <laughs> Wall Street Journal pedos. Just search for that. Um, yeah, so Alex will bring it up. Bring it up now if you can find it. But essentially, Instagram's algorithm has been actively so you know how the way the algos normally work where there's certain hashtags that you might click on a lot of posts with so then it starts pushing those to you and that's how how the algo starts to um it formulates a profile on you and it starts feeding you content which is similar to that the algorithm was actively and i've just lost your camera too alex i don't know if you've done something funky i don't know what i've done there hey, go, he's back, back. um the algorithm was has literally been assisting pedo rings. So can you just zoom in a little bit, Alex? Zoom in. A little more. There we go. So this article came out on Thursday, the 8th of June. So only yesterday. Uh, from the Wall Street Journal. So legit. This ain't no red pill news. uh, how Instagram's algorithm connects and promotes pedophile network. Instagram, through its system of fostering communities with sets of narrow interests, has helped guide users to illegal child sex content. Instagram's parent company, Meta, has acknowledged the problem and vows to improve internal controls. The Wall Street Journal's social media reporter, Jeff Horwitz, uh, joins host Zoe Thomas to explain blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Just a transcript of it. Yes, But there was a bunch of... If you go... If you go back to this, there's actually a bunch of uh, search terms. Oh, no, okay, it's various products. That's really dumb on the Wall Street Journal website. Yeah. Where they've got 15 different versions of the same article. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's dead. So, long story short. I have a theory about what it is, by the way. What's your theory? I wonder if this falls into the mental health side, like talking about Meta's Meta as a company, right? Mm-hmm. They have lots and lots and lots of issues with work burnout, as well, especially especially from the people that have to moderate the moderation teams, who right. literally have to view all the content that yep. gets flagged. There's stories about them, like they can only, they only last like three to six months without being having their minds fried. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if someone's gone, oh, let, well, let's just not, we won't look at the that really disgusting stuff for a while. Like just leave it. Look, maybe because maybe have, it's possible. We, we can't put, yeah, yeah, we, we can't put these people through this stuff anymore, and therefore it's left to to flourish. Yeah, but it seems supremely twisted when you look at say how much censorship we've experienced for our podcast on instagram and and facebook so both meta products uh they they're more than willing to censor anything about truthful stories of vaccine adverse reactions or whatever but they've allowed child pornography to literally flourish on their platform i think this really starts to bring up the conversation again of at what point do we still allow social media companies to be protected under that those section 230 protections that they've got in the united states like where does the level of responsibility lie because if you want to say that 
as a company, you're working with governments to censor harmful mis- and disinformation. Yeah. Well, should you not be working with governments to censor harmful uh, child exploitation material and potentially like that's a that's a crime so believe it or not all the the covid censorship stuff that's not a crime that's free speech that's just talking about that's having an opinion about a subject that's free speech that's protected speech actually i'm thinking mechanically it's probably both of those things so it's it's if the teams now all the moderation teams are now just too busy looking at uh, emails from the government about COVID misinformation and not letting, like, not doing their job on that front. Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's a whole bunch of other stuff that shouldn't be on there that, that that's on there. But obviously, pedophilia is the most, the most disgusting one. So it's the. I think you might be right. I've had one. a lot of requests recently from pages which are selling narcotics. I don't know if you've had any of those. Oh, no. Yeah, so I've had a lot of random um, ad requests from... And you just... You go on their page and it's all just pictures of different drugs that they're obviously trying to sell. Wow. On Instagram? On Instagram, specifically. Interesting. Not Facebook, Instagram. Interesting. I Um, only get crypto traders. I just get... uh, (laughs) I get those too. Yeah, crypto and Forex traders. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, But I think that... Look... If I had to guess, I would say it's more likely a cost issue rather than a... Uh, like, not malicious. It's not built into the... Yeah, I uh, just think that maybe it's something they don't want to spend. The, like, if the government's not coming to you saying, fix this problem, why spend the money on it? You know what I mean? Like, it would take a lot of investment for them to have the enough employees to actually handle this stuff properly. So, knowing that most companies just care about their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders maybe since no one's claiming it's a problem well why fix it and spend the money to fix it but what i find so supremely interesting about this story coming out now is don't forget when elon musk took over twitter one of the first things that he mentioned was how child pornography was rife on twitter yeah. And he actually did something about it because Twitter 1.0 didn't give a shit. Yeah. They were, again, ha- happy to censor people who had voices against the government or, or the corporations that have the same investors as Twitter did and Facebook mm-hmm. d- does. But they weren't cleaning up the child pornography. But, but Elon Musk has done that. Or at least, I don't know if it's completely gone. I don't go looking for it. But I don't. I I think if I'm a pedophile, I'm going. I'm not going to Twitter, because Twitter's mm. probably put stuff in the background to try to catch me out. I'm going somewhere where uh, where it's easy. And now all of a sudden, this has come out from Instagram, which is owned by Meta, which is Facebook, same same company. Let's not forget. I was watching a. Oh, I watched Tropic Thunder last week, <laughs> and and um. One of the references that was made, I think the movie came out in 2006, was uh, um, Matthew McConaughey was the agent for Ben Stiller. Yep. And and remember, he wanted to get him the TiVo. He realised that TiVo, he hadn't yeah. had his TiVo hooked up. Yeah, yeah. But TiVo doesn't exist anymore, right? No. So I think we would be very short-sighted to think that even though Meta and Google are trillion-dollar companies... Mm-hmm that they are forever. Yeah. And um, maybe maybe what you've just suggested there is a sign... Like, we know they've laid off tens of thousands of staff. 
Yep. Um, I know for uh, for Google in particular, AI AI has crushed search. So there's yep. no money. Google makes no money from search AdWords anymore, which right. is crazy for me because that was their entire business model. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. Um, no one Google stuff anymore when you can go and ask ChatGPT and it just gives you the answer. Yeah. So these could this could be like that could be over. Mm. I even heard talks about Google selling YouTube and and which was interesting to me. I was like, well, why would you either you'd only sell if it wasn't working, but it absolutely is. It's a massive money spinner for Google. Yep. So even if there's talk of it, that to me says, okay, there's problems there. Yeah, oh, agreed, agreed. And like you got to think about YouTube as a business model. Like Rumble, shout out to Rumble. They yeah. are going from strength to strength. They are doing the investment. They are buying talent. They are improving their user interface. Like one of the things that I... So last week, for example, when our show came out, sometimes there's an issue with Rumble. So... I'll, I'll upload the show usually on the night that we record it just to make sure it's uploaded, ready to go. And it's scheduled to come out at five o'clock on Monday morning. And for some reason, every now and then, there's some internal issue that Rumble has where I'll post the links and then you'll click on it and I'll say, this is a private video and you can't see it. So it's like it's still kept private, even though on my end, when I go and look at it in the portal, it says it's set to public. And... I've had this issue, I think, three times now since we moved mm. to Rumble. And all I've had to do is tweet at Rumble. They don't respond to it, but it's fixed in like five minutes after I tweet yeah. at them. Like they are trying to make it happen. And it's only, it only makes sense. Like you were saying, TiVo is not a thing anymore. Same as like um, cable TV is fast becoming not a thing anymore because the majority of people who have t- cable TV are boomers and most young people coming through now aren't even thinking about signing up for Foxtel. They want to get sports. Yeah. They're going to get KO. If they, you know, they've got streaming platforms, they can like, they're not getting cable TV anymore. That's not going to be a thing soon. And I think what you'll find like in this social climate where literally everything is about vir- like signaling your virtues. If you continue to say one thing and then do the complete mm. opposite in the background, people will leave. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be authentic. You have to yeah. be authentic. Yeah. And and, yeah. and unfortunately, the product that they've got at the moment is a superior product, but it's it's only a matter of time before someone innovates to something better and we'll all migrate off it. And yeah. we'll be, like, are we joking about, oh, you had Instagram? That's lame. That's right. Do you think it's a coincidence that you're hearing noises now about Google selling YouTube just as Twitter has started allowing long-form video? Yeah. yeah. You know? It, are, are the investors smelling the blood in the water and they're like, fuck, I need to get out now. I need to sell my investment in YouTube because this thing, this shit coin might go to zero. Well, we have seen a lot of that, haven't we? Mm. Let me just check the alphabet stock price. Let's see if there's any anything to report there it would appear not it's at uh very sort of all-time highs 145 dollars us and it's yep. currently at 122 it's on an okay. upward swing uh on year to date it's up from 89 dollars yeah to 122 
it's yeah so no no noise there so yet what date was it at 89 dollars uh 89 was 89 was 89 well 83 dollars was the third of the 11th 22 when did chat gpt come out <laughs> because that that's a massive difference in stock price for such a big established company uh was november 22 there you go <laughs> well done well done well done yeah that's it yeah so you're right like <clears throat> we look at we look at things like google and we go they are the behemoth they own the world but now all of a sudden it looks like they're not going to own the world because the disruptors come along because you're right like i never even thought about the fact that most people go to google something to ask it a question that they just want an answer to and then they get fed all these ads for just getting mm-hmm. that answer to the question which is how google makes all its money now people go to chat gpt and get a far better response without especially because people know that Google's answer to you is curated, depending on what the subject is. Yep. So now the people who owned the search space and the advertising space, that's a massive revenue stream, which is, it's not gone, but it's heavily impacted. But it's also the other thing that you said, which is they haven't been authentic. It wouldn't be a problem if they provided the product that we thought we were getting. But when they decided, well, no, 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 you can't access the free internet. We're going to give you a curated version of it. Yep. I think that's a big, uh, that's a big death knell. And this is, this is the example of as much as we say the free market, but this is the market working. I mean, it has been more difficult because obviously Google has been supported in its nefariousness by governments all over the world, but just think okay let's let's paint this scenario right um has chat gpt just released its new product or have they got the new product coming uh chat gpt4 is out yes but i think okay. i think you have to pay for that one right i think so let's let's throw this out there as a scenario i think because a lot of this stuff especially with these tech businesses which are based in the US all of it is is depends on the US mm-hmm. i think that the majority of people in the US are not super stoked with the direction their country has gone in since Joe Biden took over. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I think that potentially in the 2024 election, provided that Donald Trump doesn't say really inflammatory things which are going to mobilize Democrats just to vote against him, Again, because that's what happened last time a lot. And provided the Republicans play the same games as the Democrats did with things like ballot harvesting and stuff like that, because in some states it is legal and you just got to play the game. And Ron DeSantis has come out and said, yeah, yeah, we'll be ballot harvesting. Like, I'm not going to fight someone with one hand tied behind my back if I know what they're doing, right? So at least they're playing the game. That's the rules that have been set. It's not not nice, but unfortunately it, it is what it is. So let's say that the Republicans take the White House, whoever it is that's running it. And let's say that the Republicans still own the House as well too, because they do have a majority. And let's say that the Republicans, who are the ones who really were on the receiving end of the negative effects of online censorship in the last four years, 
have a look at section 230 and go, you know what? Like we gave you guys these protections against uh, litigation because you can't be held responsible for the content that is posted on your platforms by your users. However, over the last four years, you have been acting as a publisher by choosing which content is allowed on your platform and which is not, not based on any real evidence or based on your own commercial interests. Because at the end of the day, that's why these social media companies did censorship because they, there was commercial interest involved. Yep. And so by, by participating in that publishing activity, and by choosing to allow the publishing of child pornography on your platforms, we're taking away section 230. I'm not convinced that that'll happen only because the the Republicans are even more closely aligned to big business. So I think there'll be a lot more cash deals done maybe to let them do it the way they want. However, maybe I think the discourse will change because there'll be some more... I think some of that censorship stuff will be more frowned upon in the public discourse. Yep, and don't forget too, yes, yes, the Republicans are friends of big business, but it's widely known that Mark Zuckerberg donated like $300 million to the Democrats last time around. Like he clearly pegged his cart to the Democrat horse. For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, and I think they've chosen the wrong, they've gone the wrong way. Yeah, so if let's say that it's Donald Trump that gets in, who's a pretty vengeful guy, do you think that a cash deal can be done with Trump by these guys to, like, like think about it from his yes. perspective? No, no, well, think about it from his perspective. Why would he owns Truth Social? Why would he not take out some competition? In the yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, so but, um, this is all. It'll be interesting to see. I yeah. I'm just going to finish on this point. What I'm what I guess I'm trying to say is. At certain times during the pandemic, it honestly seemed like the walls were closing in around us and there was nothing that we could do to stop the ever encroaching march of this totalitarianism we've experienced through these fascist private, uh, public-private partnerships between governments and big tech and the banking sector and all those things that have been sort of moving closer and closer towards us. And now for, for probably the first time I'm really starting to see glimmers of hope and, you know, the, the blue sky starting to poke between the clouds because the world is a changing and, you know, there's, it could look... Put yourself very... in the box, box, yeah, put yourself in the, in the best position to capitalise on it. Yeah, the world could and look very, very different in the next five years. I want to finish on this. I want to give a shout out to Paul. He posted the the thing that I've been laughing about all week. Mm -hmm. It was in response to last week's episode, Big Garlic, where Jason mm -hmm. did a great job of the thumbnail for that. <laughs> where, he posted, he, where he posted the following. I'm fully garlicked. I'm looking forward to my next dose when I can shoot up another clove to stay up to date. Doing it for grandma. The anti-garlickers are the most selfish people on the planet. Bravo, <laughs> sir. Bravo. <laughs> hey, cheers, Paulie. We love your support, mate. Really appreciate yeah. it. All right, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll leave it there. We'll see you next week.